Workers' Comp Matters, the podcast dedicated to the laws, the landmark cases, and the people that make up the diverse world of workers' compensation. Here are your hosts, Judd and Alan Pierce. Welcome to Workers' Comp Matters. I'm Alan Pierce, your host. I'm with the law firm of Pierce, Pierce, and Napolitano. We're very excited to have as our guest today, Robert Wilson, uh, who is the founder or president of WorkComp College, uh, located at workcompcollege.com. So I'm anxious, as well as I hope our audience is, to learn more about this uh, venture and what it means to all of us who um, work in and around and among the workers' compensation community. Bob Wilson is pretty much well-known in the workers' comp field. He's the founding partner and former president and CEO of workerscompensation.com. He's an experienced presenter for this industry. He's the author of From Bob's Cluttered Desk, a blog, which has repeatedly been named as a top workers' comp blog by LexisNexis. He's been named one of the 50 most influential people in workers' comp by SEEK, National Workers' Comp and Occupational Medicine Conference. Among his many accolades, he is the recipient of a Comp Laude Industry Leader Award. He has uh, a great sense of humor, His presentations reflect both entertaining and practical advice for people managing claims as well as, he he puts it, the people picking up the tab. Uh, Bob, among other activities, serves on the board of directors of Kids Chance of America, Inc., and is a founding board member and past president of Kids Chance of Florida. So, Bob, uh, welcome to Workers' Comp Matters. It's a pleasure for us to have you as our guest. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate it. How did you get into the field of workers' comp? You're not a lawyer and you're not a academic of sorts, except as, are you dean of the college? I mean, what's, what's your title here? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm technically president of the college. I, I'm not dean of the college. We, we do have a provost. The college is actually not a specific college, but we have modeled it after a world of higher learning. And that's why we went with the, the, that, that name. To answer your question, I got into workers' comp like everybody else by complete accident, completely unaware of what, where I was headed when I got here. I had a, a business management and HR background. I opened a web development business in the 90s, and through those activities, I was introduced to a gentleman who owned the domain name workerscompensation.com. He is an attorney here in Florida. He had never used, he bought the name on, his, on the advice of his brother-in-law in 1995 and hadn't done anything with it. Uh, we had a common view for what could be done with that site. We set up the company and I developed it and ran the company for 23 years. You know, just like everybody else in, in workers' comp, it seems like none of us knew when we were kids, this is where we'd end up. But once we're here, this industry is like Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never, ever leave. I've sort of used the analogy. It's sometimes like the mafia. You can't get out. You can't get out. That's true. That's true. Hmm, that makes me wonder about my retirement plan now. Well, Maybe a shorter term retirement than I think. But no, that's probably true. Yeah. And Bob, you and I, well, we've known each other for years. I, I've been fortunate enough to have been a guest on several of your podcasts. I think yep. you may have been a guest on Workers' Comp Matters uh, along the years as well. But I've heard you speak. Um, and I, even though we may not agree on everything, uh, I really coming from a strong claimant attorney background, uh, we do both, I think, share one thing, which is that this is a system that can always stand further improvement right. that is multifactorial, filled with problem areas and filled with 
abilities to find solutions. And um, one thing that's impressed me about you is that you seem to understand that balance that needs to be met, not only between insurers and employees, but those of us that are involved in workers' comp, it's more than that. It's HR and it's vocational and it's medical and it's also regulatory and legislative and actuarial and economists and statisticians. I mean, it is it's much more complex than you would think. So that leads us to what's known as now Work Comp College. That's all one word with a W, capital W, a capital C, and a capital C. Yes. WorkComCollege.com. Yes. So what was the inspiration that led to this concept of bringing further information and training in this type of forum? Well, the, the company itself was formed after, well, there are three partners. So I'm one of the partners. Mark Pugh, who's known in the industry as RX Professor, is one of the partners. I know you know Mark. And a gentleman named Donald Abrams out of Austin, Texas, who is a, a PA by, by training, but has done medical consulting and rating work within in, in Texas. Don actually is the one who started this process. He came, he approached Mark Pugh, recognizing the challenges we were having in the industry, along with a lot of other industries, uh, the graying of our industry, the inability to attract younger people into the industry, the fact that we have uh, uh, staffing shortages. And he wanted to see talk about setting up a, a, a training system that could help address and alleviate that, particularly with younger generations. As they talked, Mark and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, he was aware of my some of my positions that I've expressed at workerscompensation.com or in, in my blog, which was then hosted at workerscompensation.com, uh, about how we should improve the industry and thought we'd have a, a, a common viewpoint, and he was right. And we really got together and decided that this really was the time to, to look at a, a way that embraced some of the things that we've been talking about in the industry in conferences, but really haven't deployed on a, on a larger scale. And that's really training that addresses technical issues, but also is heavily steeped in the biopsychosocial factors, the human side of the equation that has has been lost over the years in, in the way that the industry has evolved and how it trains. That's not, by the way, an, an indictment of the ind of the people in the industry. There are a lot of really good people in this industry, but they they are to some degree our work process has been a process has been a result of what has developed over the years. We can get into a little more detail on that, but that gives you an idea of where we ended up. So we really decided that it was time to start trying to work from the ground up and train people in, in a little different method that will produce better outcomes for injured workers. And, and as I tell people, the dirty little secret is if we get better outcomes for injured workers, we're also getting better outcomes for the employers. And those are really the two, two stakeholders that our industry was established to, to serve. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned the human element of, of all of this, because as we run down the occupational titles of people that deal in workers' compensation, either exclusively or as a significant part of their professional life, you could fill several pages of job descriptions of people who touch workers' compensation. And lost in that, and I have found uh, from my observation, is the fact that the worker, you could sometimes go to some of these large seminars that have sprung up or the smaller seminars, there's no shortage of seminars and training. And you don't see a whole lot about the worker. You see a lot about cost control and cost containment yep. and better methods and better practices and speedier this and, and better that. But at the end of the day, this is called workers' compensation. The compensation piece we all understand, it's money. 
can be other things like vocational retraining, but I mean, it, it's a cost. But sometimes we overlook the worker and the fact that when that injury happens, everything changes for a family if right. it's a significant injury. So now sort of pro- going from perhaps attending seminars and being a presenter to establishing this this college, what does it look like? Is it a, a platform-based internet uh, online course? Are there certificates or degrees or accreditations? Just give us a quick overview yep. of the structure. Absolutely. Our, our primary educational platform is called the Workers Recovery Professional Certification. It's a new certification. It consists of 64 virtual classes. It's all in a virtual environment right now. We're not ruling out future in-person events, but right now it's an all-virtual environment, self, self-guided study. 64 classes, about 51 hours of lecture content. There is a video lecture with each class. There is a test with each class, a time test. We want this to be a serious, this is a serious effort. We want this to be a legitimate program. Uh, as I tell people, it's not a weekend Pilates certification at the local Hilton Garden Inn. People will invest some time in this. The tests are timed. Every student has one shot at the, at the test for each course. There is a final exam when they have completed all the requirements, which is an average 70% is passing on any of the individual course exams. On the final exam, we consider 80% or better passing. Once you have watched all the videos, taken the tests, and had a passing overall course grade, the system will produce a certificate uh, that is a workers recovery professional certification. It comes with its own QR code that people can frame. People can scan that QR code so that our system will verify it's legitimate, the date it was issued, who it was issued to, because we don't want people to be able to fake something like this. So we want to be able to to do that. to, To your point earlier, though, something you said when you say you go to conferences and all the conferences and seminars, I've talked with friends about this, that I've gone to seminars and I speak at conferences and I've heard some really intelligent, very knowledgeable people speak in these panels. And I struggle to find the human being that's attached to the process that they're talking about, because it's almost as if the injured worker is, is, irrelevant to the process when the injured worker is the process. And that happens from all sides. And that's really one of the things that we're trying to drive and change that focus. You know, years ago, a lot of insurance carriers had pretty effective training programs. When I first joined the industry, there were some carriers with some really lengthy, effective training programs. Well, after the dot-com bubble burst in the early 2000s, a lot of that investment income went away. We found that a lot of training was what got cut. And, and, you know, the industry really started just stealing each other's employees. And that, that became the de facto go-to for solving your staffing issues. Well, now, you know, it's a great resignation. You know, we've got all sorts of staffing challenges across all sorts of industries. We don't have that opportunity anymore. We're running out of people to steal. And so we, we really do want to try and return some of that training. But really, again, as I said earlier, focus back on why we're training. You talk to an adjuster today and they'll talk about the files on their desk. Each of those files is a human being, and it's not just one human being. There's a host of lives attached to that human being. There are kids that maybe, you know, need, need supplies for school or they need clothes for school or they need food, you know, for lunches. I mean, how are they going to feed their family? I mean, these are the things that we don't think about as we, quote unquote, process claims. When in reality, we're restoring, if we do it right, we're restoring broken and shattered lives if we do it properly. 
At that point, before we get into that a little deeper, we're going to take a brief break and we'll return to our guest, Bob Wilson, and WorkCom College. We'll be right back. Mara's case is the number one law practice management solution tailor-made for workers' compensation firms. Streamline your practice with Mara's case's easy-to-use all-in-one platform. You're empowered to breeze through case and document management, workers' compensation forms, e-filing, calendaring, and invoicing. Learn how Mara's case can increase your firm's efficiency today. Visit Mara'sCase.com. That's M-E-R-U-S-C-A-S-E.com. Okay, we're back with Bob uh, Wilson. Bob, I want to uh, pick up on a phrase that you used in your last response, workers' recovery as opposed to workers' compensation. And I've heard you speak before, and messaging and terminology plays a great role in expectations and disappointments, et cetera. So tell us why you didn't use the term workers' compensation and you use the term workers' recovery and what that means to you. Well, we think it's a shift in the way people will view the system. You know, I, I have been, people who've read my blog know that for over a decade, I've been an advocate of rebranding the workers' compensation industry. And my, my, my arrival at that idea or that concept was really a lot of what I learned running workerscompensation.com. We had a discussion forum on the website that was open to, to anybody, but it was dominated by injured workers. For years, I would see new injured workers come into the site they would leave a long description of what had just happened to them. They were injured at the job. They were sent to the emergency room of the doctor. They've been sent home. They don't know what's coming next. They don't know where the next check's coming from. They're confused. They're looking for information. And at the end of this long description, they would invariably ask a common, essentially the same question. They may use different words, but it was the same question. How much can I make? How much will I make? How big will my settlement be? And it really led me to believe that they were focusing on the one word they could understand fully, which was compensation, but they didn't understand it in the way that we're statutorily defined to provide it. And I think there's some mixed messaging that people get in that environment. But, And I understand the need for compensation. I certainly understand. Everyone's got rent or mortgage due. They've got car payments. They've got families to feed. It's an important thing. And it's a scary time when they've been injured and they don't know what's what's happening. But they focus primarily on compensation when we really want them and we, and the people who are helping them to focus on recovery. The ultimate goal, the question they really should be asking is, how do I make sure they're getting me to the right doctors? How do I get prompt and attentive care? How do I get better and get back to work? And how can I support my family? How can I, how can we get, get beyond this point? So I really thought we should brand the industry as, we should call the industry workers recovery and not workers compensation. We shouldn't have adjusters. We should have work recovery specialists. Frankly, I don't think we should have injured workers. We should have recovering workers. And yes, I understand that some people are not going to be able, you know, a lot of injured workers will not be able to fully recover. But we're still talking about getting, changing our focus in our communications with the with these workers to understand what has happened and that they have to get back to a certain point from wherever they're at. They may not be, in some situations, the person they fully were before based on their injury or the impairment they're left with. But there are still things they can do in their lives to provide value and, and dignity in their, in their life. I'm not a big fan of disability. And I know you and I could probably go back and forth about the meaning of a permanent total disability award. I, I know claimants, attorneys, it's a big win for them. And, but I think it's an unfortunate loss sometimes for the, for the, for the claimant. I'm not criticizing the attorney. They're doing their job. They're representing and they're trying to get them the best uh, arrangement they can for their future. But as an industry, 
you ask any adjuster today, what's the most important thing when a new claim file hits the desk? When a new file hits your desk, what's the overriding goal? And they will always say, close it. That's the thing. Thank you. Have a nice day, but don't have well, it here. The, the first thing they do is they put the reserve on it. The first thing they think of is well, dollars. What is this that's claim right. that's going right. to cost us in the worst case scenario? How much do we have to set aside and can we close it within that parameter? Right. It's all very technical. It's very financial and we don't, but we don't focus on how do we make sure this life gets restored and doesn't become dependent on society for the rest of their, their, their time on earth, you know, and I think that we shuffle a lot of people off to the disability, you know, the social security disability index, and that's not something as a society we can really afford to do anymore. I think the workers recovery changes that paradigm and, and actually not just for the injured workers who don't know anything about the system. Think about it. If you're an injured worker and you get injured on the job, you have to file a worker's compensation report of injury, first report of injury. You, in many states, you get sent to a worker's compensation doctor. You're assigned a worker's compensation adjuster. What if that was all focused on, you had to fill out a recovery report, a, re a worker's recovery report of injury. You're sent to a recovery, you dealt with a recovery specialist. It changes the attitude, not just for the injured worker, but for the people, I think, who are in the system doing that work. It would remind us of, of, the, more, of, of the more important long-term goal. Now, I'm looking at uh, the college. You actually could be Work Comp University because I, I'm on your webpage. Under general studies, you've got, what, eight different schools. We do. We have an area of general studies with just a couple courses, but then we have a school of risk management. We have a school of claims. We have a school of legal. We have a school of stakeholders. Uh, we have a school of humanities. We have a school of regulatory legal. Gosh, I hope I've named, I may have missed one school of them. School of Return somewhere. to Work. Retur school of Return to Work. This really leans back to something you said early on when we started, Alan, is there are a lot of moving parts in this industry. We want people not only to understand how better to listen and communicate with injured workers, we also want them to understand where they fit in this giant machine and how if their function doesn't work right, how that throws other areas off within the industry. So that's kind of why we've got the stakeholders and these return to work and the regulatory legislative. And that's a good time for us to take another break to hear from our sponsor. And we'll be right back with Bob Wilson. Be the best resource you can for your Spanish-speaking clients with the Spanish Group's Legal Translation Service. Experienced translators ensure accurate translation of your documents with same-day delivery. Confidentiality is ensured and the Spanish Group guarantees acceptance for certified translations. All that, and their rates are competitive. If you need other languages, the Spanish group translates in over 140 languages. Mention Legal Talk 20 when you request your quote for 20% off your first translation. Visit thespanishgroup.org. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network, available wherever podcasts are found. 
Welcome back. We were just getting into the various uh, schools of claims, humanities, legal, et cetera, with Bob Wilson. One of the questions I had when I first saw the, uh, the description of Work Comp College, and by the way, this is not to be confused with the College of Workers' Compensation Lawyers, of which I am right. heavily involved as a fellow, and Bob as well. Workers' comp is so state-specific. While there are certain general right. principles, the injury has to rise out of in the course and scope of employment, et cetera, uh, how do you deal with in this type of uh, uh, model that you have to effectively train whomever with respect to the vagaries of their particular jurisdiction, state or federal? No, great question. Great question. The The WRP program itself is a standalone best practices program that's designed to be kind of high level, good for anybody across the nation. But we are also developing right now state-specific modules that uh, people, we're, we're developing several new areas of education we haven't really touched on. And they're all based out of what we call the Advanced Training and Education Center, which will launch within the next few weeks on, on workcompcollege.com. Part of the ATEC, Advanced Training and Education Center, is a state-specific module grouping that will be done for each state. Three or four courses that will cover filing requirements, claim management uh, specifics, regulatory environment, eth ethics and legal requirements within each given state. And that's being done with a variety of partners. A lot of them are lawyers around the country who are going to be producing those state-specific modules. Now, those modules will also be available as a standalone subscription if anybody wants to, to have access to them. They don't have to have the WRP, but they will be available to people following uh, the WRP and members of the ATEC so that they can get that very specific state instruction that you're asking about. Because, you know, the interesting thing about workers' comp is workers' comp is exactly the same and completely different in every state. You know, same principle, but absolutely different in the way the states handle it. And so the state modules will be one of the programs that we have to accommodate that need so that you can come through the program, you understand best practices, but you'll also be able to understand the, the nuts and bolts of, of Texas or Colorado or California or, well, I'm not sure anybody can understand California, but they, they give it our best shot. So it, that's really what the state modules will provide. So I, I'm looking at your website again, and you have uh, core courses and state-specific courses. These right. are right. taught by instructors. What do you call them? Instructors, teachers, professors? What's the nomenclature? They're called instructors or faculty members. Now, are these li uh, uh, we have are these live in-person mm -hmm. classes or are these pre-recorded? Uh, give us an idea of what, what we can expect if we elect to uh, take a course or a series of courses. They are, they are all pre-recorded. They are available, as I said, on demand. Now, we do have some live courses. You just most recently participated in what will be his, is our first live course. It was a pretty, uh, an excellent discussion, by the way. You guys did a great job on the um, 1972 Commission on State Workmen's Compensation Laws and an analysis of where we are today versus recommendations. That is going to be one of the courses available as an ongoing education in ATEC. We're gonna have elective modules of all sorts of things in addition to the state modules. We already have probably 15 courses recorded and ready to go, but they will all be virtual in nature. Now, we aren't ruling out in-person events. We've talked with a, a several, uh, two specific conference organizers in the country about adding a day or adding a track that would be work comp college specific. And we would like to do that, but we're a young company, you know, we're, we're still, still building the WRP and, and, and awareness of what we're doing. 
So right now, everything is virtual and pre-recorded. Now, is this a, obviously there's a cost associated with this. Is there a course, is there a cost for the entire program? Can you do a la carte, buy a course, buy a, a subject matter, et cetera? How does that work? Well, the WRP program is a single cost. It's a, The retail cost is $995 for a student to go in and register and enroll in that program. Obviously, we have some volume discounts available. We have several companies who have purchased what we call associate packages, gold or silver associate packages. And those are companies that are actually helping sponsor and promote the event, and they are putting 30 or 40 of their employees through the process at the same time. The module program, the state module program, will be available at a $495 a year subscription for all 50 state modules. The ATEC is a $240 a year cost. So there are some individual costs for joining the various module areas. We don't, at this point, have individual courses where you can go in and and buy an individual course. You'll buy a program. The WRP is a certification. The state modules will each provide a certificate of completion in case someone needs that for an employer or licensure. We do have uh, two jurisdictions right now, two states, where employees of the workers' comp administrative agencies are in our system and assessing it for use in licensing or uh, certifications within those states. That obviously would be very good for us if that is is, is to proceed, but they are, um, we're getting a lot of support and interest from regulators, which was surprising to me, actually. We've had a lot of offers from help from various state agencies, because I think everyone recognizes that that there's a better way to communicate and do things out there. And I think we're hitting on the right idea. No, I think you are too. I, uh, I'm very interested to follow the development of uh, this WorkCom College. So let's close with this. If somebody were interested in following up and registering or learning more, tell us what they should do. Well, I would definitely encourage them to go to workcompcollege.com. You know, Mark and Don and I have have been been putting a lot of effort into this, but I, I had someone recently say, well, why should I choose U3 versus other certification programs. And it was a gentleman I've known for a long time, works for a large TPAs looking at our program. And I said, well, if it was just the three of us, I wouldn't use us because, because the three of us could not produce the content that we have produced. I would encourage you to look at our deans. We've set up, uh, uh, we have nine deans that include uh, regulators, former regulators, workers' comp managers for large corporations, public entities, risk managers. We have got a very balanced group of experts who have helped guide the the curriculum and the criteria. We have, um, those are the, we have, excuse me, the board of trustees is what I'm actually talking about. We have a group of deans that that head up each of the schools that have also contributed to this process. And then we have uh, over 50 faculty members that have joined to do this. And Alan, I got to say, one of the things that's most impressive to me is you know, there, there's there's a financial compensation for doing these classes, but no one's getting rich putting these classes together. They're all doing it because they want to leave a better industry than the one they found. That's what we're trying to do. That's what they want to do. In fact, I can tell you what's really neat is the money that has been committed to development in these courses, 57% of it so far has been directed at their instruction to go to local charities, mostly kids' chance. You know, our first couple months of operation, we sent uh, $5,400 to Kids Chance organizations around the country on behalf of our instructors. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they want to build a better system. So I would encourage people to go to workcompcollege.com, look at the instructors, look at the deans, look at the faculty, look at the trustees, and then look at the curriculum. We've published all the curriculum of what's coming. 
And if they have any questions, there are some methods through that website, phone numbers and contact forms that they can submit. We'll be happy to talk to them. They can feel free to use the numbers to call us or, or submit a form and we'll be happy to answer any questions. That, that's what I would recommend they do. And uh, speaking of Kids Chance, uh, you are one of the founders and a, a very a strong proponent. That's a charity that assists the, the children, essentially, of either uh, uh, workers who are either permanently seriously injured or killed in the course of employment. Right. And it's a great it's a great organization, raises a lot of money and it goes to the right folks. And uh, our next episode of Workers' Comp Matters, we will have uh, somebody from Kids Chance and we'll be speaking about that program in that's, more depth. So, I, I, that's excellent. I do have to clarify one thing. I'm, I, I was on the founding board of Kids Chance of Florida. I'm not a founder of Kids Chance of America. That that goes to Bob Clyatt out of Valdosta, Georgia. Right. I remember it came out of Georgia and it's really spread. Are you in every state now? You're pretty close. Yeah. All 50 states as of last yeah, year. I know it was yeah. getting close to all 50 and I'm glad, glad it did. So, Bob, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us and more especially taking the time to develop WorkCom College. I think uh, it will benefit everybody and it will help all of us who deal with the system on a day-to-day basis understand it more properly and serve really the person who needs it most, which is the injured worker and their families. So, I, again, I want on behalf of WorkCom Matters and personally, Uh, I want to thank you for all you've done and all you continue to do for our practice. Thank you, Alan. I really appreciate the opportunity and for helping us spread the word. It means a lot to us. And to those of you who listen uh, to Work Comp Matters, again, as I mentioned, please tune in for our next edition and it will be on Kids Chance and we look forward to presenting that program to you in about a month. Having said that, goodbye and make it a good day. 